All right, what's up, my homies? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Skip Legs. Another week, another day. How we feeling? Good. Okay. So <laughs> we have a guest with us today. This is Coach Matt Emmert, who is my swim coach for my four years of college. Um, so say hi, Matt. Hello, homies. <laughs> how we doing? <laughs> um, how you doing, Matt? Doing well. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful time of year in Rhode Island. Yeah. This is, this is the man's that got me to come to Rhode Island. I didn't want to go to college. My mom found Roger Williams on like a college website and I really wanted to swim. So she was like, let's try it out. So I contacted Matt and we set up a little time for me to come out here, drive the nice six hours, see the campus, talk to him. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I guess I can go to college. <laughs> I was like, Matt's chill, like a good coach. He seemed like a well-rounded person and everything. And I was like, this is a team that I'd want to swim for. Then I showed up to school, and four years later, we have this good relationship, and here we are two years after that. Oh, my God, I'm almost two years out of college. <laughs> here we are. It's actually a lot of time. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. All right, so... I'm going to start off with some questions. How did you decide to become a swim coach? Um, I actually, I, I started at URI, uh, I went in pre-law and then reading wasn't my thing. So I switched to history in case I wanted to go to law school. But when I was a history major, I started coaching with the club team my sophomore year and I just fell in love with it. Um, and then I added secondary ed, but I only had four years. So I had to drop the secondary ed. And when I graduated, I just stayed along coaching with the club team, but I knew I always wanted to be a college coach because I really liked the aspect of recruiting and finding people with like-minded goals and values and, and bringing student athletes in to recruit them. Um, so I volunteered with um, URI um, and then stayed with the club team for about another I don't know, five, six years after, but was always looking to to land a college gig like that was that was the end game yeah um and honestly i i always had my eye on this job like roger williams they built a pool right around the time i was graduating like 2004 2005 so this is i always had my finger on the pulse but just finding a way to navigate to get here yeah and so um what events did you swim and what events did you then want to coach were you like i want to be distance because you swam like like what was uh, no, the ego of an 18 to 22 year old, I always thought I was a sprinter. I was actually recruited as a sprinter, but um, freshman year, I guess I was doing some really good aerobic work. So um, I would swim the thousand and the 500 and I was training with the distance group. So it was like going into champs. Uh, my coach, Mick Westcott was like, hey, do you want to you want to do the mile? And being the dumb 18 year old I was, I'm like, yeah, what's another 650 yards after the thousand? I'd never swum the- a lot, <laughs> <Yeah>. a lot, <laughs> never swum a mile in my life. So my one and only mile was at A-10s my freshman year. Um, and then I was lucky I never swam the same three events all four years at conference. Like I was probably more mid distance, but so you weren't me. <laughs> no, I was not locked in. I was doing it all. Finally, my senior year, I was like, coach, can I, can I go back to sprints? You know, I really gravitated towards that. Um, I just, they're, to me, they're really fun and you have to be perfect. Everything has to be dialed in. Um, but I was probably better mid distance, but it helped me coaching, having trained all different groups, all different strokes, all different events. Yeah. Yeah. 
And mind you guys, I was a distance swimmer, so this guy made me swim distance all four years. All I remember you made me do the 4 a.m., 500, and 1,000 all within one meet on one Saturday my freshman year, and I literally cried because I was like, is this what the team is going to be like? I'm going to swim all of that. <laughs> but you knew what you were doing. Badge of honor, the Iron Cross, those three events. Yeah, I was probably the first one. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, so what teams have you coached and which team is your favorite? Um, not bias. <laughs> sure. I would, I, they're all my favorite. Like I, I know that it sounds like a cliche response, but you know, I, what I love about coaching is, and over time I've realized this truly you're an educator, you know, and, and I love seeing 18 to 22 year olds grow. Um, so I, like I mentioned, I coached the, the club team out of URI at that time. It was the Rams swim club, volunteered with URI. I'd say my first like semi full time college coach position. I was a graduate assistant at TCU, but where they, they paid for me to get my master's of liberal arts, and uh, I was a full time coach essentially running their sprint group. And then I was at University of Maryland for a year uh, coaching the distance group. Um, and then sadly, Maryland got cut, both men and women. And at the time we got cut, you know, the women were 17th in the country, things were rolling. And as I mentioned earlier, luckily, this job had opened up at that same time and um, it was a perfect fit. But I, I think each place has its pros, has its cons, has its ups and has its downs. But I'm a big believer, like you can't, you can't have the ups without the downs, right? Like if you're just always going through even keel all the time, whether it's a coaching position, et cetera. You know, Maryland, ACC, now Big 10 had a lot of resources, but there was a lot of other challenges where um, TCU was a smaller, big school um and then roger williams same i I consider it like a a big little school yeah um but we've got intangibles in terms of this area that you know i I could go on for days about yeah (laughs) and there's like you saying this is like a small big school whatever there's because there's like 50 of us on a team like how how many of how many swimmers do you actually have um i mean right now we just looked at on paper, our roster going into next year is around 58. You know, there might be a few more, but we got to get to 50. 50 is like our sweet spot. Any more than that, it's just, it's it's really a challenge to manage. Um, I believe we're in a new conference next year, so we can only take 48 potentially to our conference championship meet. So, you know, I think in your time, we were as big as 60. Yeah, we had a lot. Uh, at one point. <laughs> we had a lot of people. And it, it just became a little too much. And then you felt bad. Like, not everyone can travel. Not everyone. It's yeah. not the same experience for everyone. But we were lucky that there were people on the team who were there for the right reason. So even if they didn't travel, even if they didn't get to go to champs, they yeah. still had an impact and a role. Yeah, and it um, was fun when, like, those people would still show up to mm-hmm. champs and cheer us on and stuff like that. Like, because we're such... Like, this swim team is such a family, and honestly, if you're ever going into athletics in college, like, you really need to make your team a family, because that's who you have, and that's who you're around all the time, and family has your back, and that was good with us. Like, we're always cheering each other on, you know, and that's a good thing to have, especially when you're away from home as a freshman and everything, um, to always have people around you. And so, like, that 60 people around us was, like, fun. (laughs) Oh, for sure. But definitely a lot for you. And so, like, having so many people, how do you deal with all the, like, multiple different personalities and coping ways and, (laughs) like, 
everyone's different out there. So how do you deal with it? Um, oh, that goes back to the highs and the lows. <laughs> you know, there, there's good days, there's bad days, but like we're all in it together and, and making sure one, the team is clear on, on our expectations and where we're going. But two is that during the recruiting process, let them know we are a family, but you think of any family of 50 or 60, there's going to be crazy aunts and uncles. There's going to be annoying little cousins. A lot of drama. You know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of drama. It's not always going to be roses and rainbows, but um, what we have to take a, advantage of is the opportunity of learning through how to deal with all those different personalities, different backgrounds, and grow from that. You know, we started a thing called Team Calm probably. I think I mean, it was my sophomore year. Yeah, it was. It was. Wow, it's a long, it yeah, like a long, long time. time. <laughs> but. Uh, for you guys listening. Team Com, what was it like? Level, you had like oh, oh, 401 or whatever. Uh, yeah. You're like Team Com 401. <laughs> so we started Team Com 101 where we just set aside 15 minutes. They were supposed to share their why. Why are they here? Why are they swimming? Why are they at Roger Williams? And it was the most awkward experience I've ever had in coaching. And it was like, wow, if, if they can't even articulate their why, why they're here doing this, like we need a That's lot more. That's something we need to work on. Yeah. So we, every Friday for an hour, we would give them a topic, break off into small groups and just to discuss. And, and really it was an awesome, the coolest thing for me was people who I thought were going to give us the biggest pushback to team Com were coming in, giving topics like coach, we should talk about this. We should, this is be a great topic for the team. And then really opening up and, and showing some vulnerability like that. That's how we grew stronger together. And, and I think really bonded. Yeah. Um, and then it's also like, you don't know what other people are going through unless you talk to them, you know? And yeah. I think where it also helped us is like swimming is inherently individual. So, and no fault to your generation, but you guys don't communicate face to face and we don't need to in our <laughs> true, sport. True. Yeah. So Especially when we're swimming underwater the whole time and you're not talking, we don't have time to talk no. unless we set that time to open up and talk to each other, especially like going on the Florida trips mm. where we did um, training trips in Florida every winter, like literally the day after Christmas, we would come back and it was winter break and we'd go to Florida for like a week or almost two, week and a half. Um, and you're literally on top of each other for, <laughs> for that amount of time. Practice in the morning, practice at night, in the middle of the day, we had We'd go to the beach or we'd have like fun like clan challenges and stuff like that. But also during this time, we'd have to open up and talk to each other and connect and see each other out on different points. And I feel like that was a really good thing so we could understand where everybody's coming from, what they've been through. Maybe we can connect in a different way and you make new friends out of it. Like someone you were like kind of friends with on the swim team, but then you become closer because you're like, oh, I can relate and stuff like that. So it makes a better environment and better for us to work together, especially even though swimming's individual, we still have relays and stuff like that. We still need to cheer. We still need to be homies with everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just creates a much more uh, collaborative, conducive environment. And when, when you know, and this is something we've been talking about internally as a team, is like we need to be better at holding each other more accountable, and that builds trust, knowing that everyone on the team is putting in the same effort. You know, so when we're at champs, when you step up on the blocks by yourself, you're not alone. You know, you, you put in the work with every, you know, 49 other individuals yeah. in this program.
And it's always great to see all those people at the end of your lane, like, cheering you on and yelling at you while you swim, even though you can't hear them. (laughs) You can sometimes see them. (laughs) Um, So with that, we did team calm and stuff like that. We also did practice a lot of, like, mindfulness and meditation. Um, I know, like, sometimes you'd even bring the school therapist in, and we'd have these sessions before practice. And honestly, we just... I know, like, so for some mindfulness, you would just put on somebody talking, headspace, right? It was headspace. And we would lay on the pool deck, and I'd be like, all right, cool, everyone, let's do mindfulness today, because I want to take a nap before we swim, because we'd just be so calm. But so why did you bring in, like, meditation practice and a therapist in for us, like, especially during championship season? I know that was a big thing. So what made you come up with that or start doing that and practicing that with us? Sure. Actually, I think the first light bulb that went off was when we were down in Florida uh, and we did a yoga session with one of the local yoga studios. And I mean, we're, we're sitting under the palm trees, it's 70 degrees. It was like epic. And, and I did yoga with the team uh, and then started practicing that when I came back. I mean, just fell in love with it. Like just the calming, you know, cool. Like it was just, I don't know, it was, it was transformational. One of those experiences. Uh, I'll be very honest too, like another situation we run a club team out of here. I had uh, some parents that just um, really impacted me mentally, you know, so I went and talked to a therapist and as we worked through some things, that's how I, I came across Headspace. And again, when I started using Headspace like 10 minutes a day, getting into the practice of meditation, it was transformational for my whole life. Like productivity, uh, if I did have something that would have triggered or spiked anxiety, without even realizing my subconscious would just go into the breathing that I learned. And so that was something I was like, I got to find a way to implement this with the team. Um, fast forward to now where Roger Williams student athletes, they have access to Headspace. Every single student athlete can, can get the subscription for free. Um, That's great. Something we're trying to do this year now is like, you know, I think you might've heard this phrase level up, but when I'm reflecting on the season, I felt we were doing Headspace once a week and we were being more reactive. So we're gonna, I haven't fully wrapped my head around it, but we're gonna do mental strength training just like we do in the weight room, like strength and conditioning training. Yeah. Why aren't we trying to strengthen our minds? So somehow two to three times a week, we're gonna, whatever time we need, we are gonna dedicate to mental strength training. Uh, yeah, which what, is good because you see so many college athletes or just athletes in general that are torn apart in their mental health because they're so, devoted into the sport and they're just running their personality and their mental health like down they're just like in the sport they're just zoned in but like a little too much where it's like I talk about it here all the time like we need to become a well-rounded person the best version of ourselves to perform the best so we need to focus on all aspects for sure (laughs) not just the physical but the mental and it just helps but yeah no absolutely and I I I think I mean, that's it. Our brain's a muscle, isn't it? So shouldn't we try and strengthen it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, the simplest way to think of Workouts it. Workouts for the brain. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I've reached out to a few people, and, and you mentioned the therapist. So Dr. James Blue, uh, he was at Roger Williams. He's now at Babson. Okay. Um, but he, he was a, a student athlete at Gordon College, played lacrosse. Um, so he sees that. So that was another the time when... In your time, me and him were playing noon ball a lot. We would, we would talk about this. Noon ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And he, he was the first one who said, you got to be doing this year round. You can't just do it like going into champs or something. It's like any other skill, the more they practice it, the better they get. So um, that's what we're looking to enhance it even more. Yeah. 
And so let's talk about like adding to the team. So what do you look for in a college swimmer? If somebody's in high school and they really want to come in, what are you looking for? Uh, Just college coach advice. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm going to sound pretty vague here, but there's a reason it connects to what we were just talking about and, and the values of our program. But like swimming is a very black and white sport. Time's a time. You know, Lager was a mid-distance 500 freestyler. If somebody comes in going 159 and 200 free, great, you have a spot. Yeah. You know, I could care less how it looks. But we're not really recruiting for times, and I'll tell this to every recruit. We're looking for student-athletes who have a growth mindset, who are looking to come here and grow uh, out of the water as much as they are in the water. And then the other way, we're looking for student-athletes who are selfless, who are going to put the team first, but also the expectation that, you know, you're going to make this program better than when you found it when you came in September your freshman year, you know. Um, and again, it's vague, but we will take anyone who has that growth mindset, who is looking to push themselves, um, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and make this program better. Yeah, I like that. Um, what advice would you give to a high schooler that just wants to play sports in college in general? Like that doesn't have to be swimming or just like, Anyone that's like looking to do college athletics, do you have any like certain advice you'd give them as a coach? I'd say, I mean, do your research and, and don't leave any rock, uh, you know, turn over every rock you possibly can, reach out to as many coaches as you, you can. Like there is a spot, there's a program out there for you, you know, and, and I'd say don't just go with the brands, like the brand names, you know. The big name colleges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, you know, like how Lager did. Like she <laughs> found us. Mom found it on the Probably. internet. <laughs> yeah, you look at Roger Williams on the internet. Oh, that I wanted looks good. to go to Florida so badly. I wanted to go to Rollins College. Mm. I wanted to go. I wanted to go Florida. I wanted to go south. I wanted to be warm, and I kept looking in Florida, and nothing, nothing was working out for me. Like the swim team was like too fast or something like that. And Mom's like, "All right, like I'm gonna find something." Like. Mm -hmm. Let's think out of the box. Let's not just think Florida. Let's not think like, oh, maybe I'll won't swim and go to Alabama and be in a sorority because like that was a mindset I had at one point. And if you know me now, that is not what I should have done. And I'm glad that that isn't what I did. And we were like, mom's like, all right, well, this place is at least it's on the water. <laughs> like you're still getting the ocean. <laughs> Nine months out of year, it's great. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're still getting the ocean. It's just not warm. And you really need to like open up your horizons and not just stick to that little box. And that's what you, I needed a push from my mom to do that. So here's our push to you to not just stay in that box if that's what you're looking for. Um, if I may, I, I love the box analogy. And I just came back from the student athlete leadership forum that Allegra and I were, were talking about. Um, but the, the, the mantra for that weekend was beyond the box, right? Like, so not only just think outside the box, but get beyond the box, like think as far as you can, you know, again, leave no stone unturned, you know, set your, you know, where you're looking. So how Leger was looking at Florida, like look the whole South, yeah, you know, as far West as you possibly can, like get beyond the box with your thoughts and then narrow it down. Yeah. And like, we have so many people on this team from everywhere, <laughs> from literally everywhere. Like you think because we're a small college in Rhode Island, it is a lot of Massachusetts, Rhode Islanders, Connecticut people. But there's also, Babooks was Kentucky. Like yeah. <laughs> we had Emmett from Colorado. 
Um, we have a lot of people from Colorado right now, don't we? And then it's just like, I don't know, I can't think of too many examples at the moment, but so many people from all over the place reached out and wanted to come here to this small college in Rhode Island. Like, it's so random. <laughs> it is. I mean, once you get here, the place sells itself. I mean, where we live, 20 minutes from Newport, it's really the dining hall, too. Um, <laughs> food the food it's nationally ranked it's great food our food is nationally ranked but i don't i don't know i would eat the same thing every day so <laughs> get beyond the box true but i have my set like meat meals like i oh, had what good. i had to eat before in the morning before meat and then the night before i was very regiment with that <laughs> we we also used to talk to a nutritionist right you used to bring like a once or twice you brought in somebody just to like not like tell us exactly what to eat and stuff like that, not be like toxic with it or just like trying to make us like robots in what we're eating, but just to lead us in a healthier way. Remember you were like, no donuts on meat days. <laughs> well, that's, I, yeah, we're all individuals, right? And, and what we need to fuel our body is different, especially doing different events. Like our distance swimmers, they're probably gonna need different meat morning foods for endurance where our sprinters, if they're trying to bulk up, are gonna need to have a different diet. So. Yeah, we were trying to give you guys the uh, just the different the, the options and different yeah like outlooks. Totally, and then we try and work with them individually. What what's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And how can we get you there? <laughs> My pre-meat meal was a bagel, fruit, yogurt, and eggs. <laughs> Because I had to go swim like the thousand then, and I was like, all right, I need all my all my essentials right now. Need a lot. Um, but yeah, so do you, any advice to a current college athlete if they're like struggling or if they're? If you just want to give any advice to think about like your swimmers here. Any advice you'd give? Um, yeah, the simplest one, and this is something we're working on right now. We're meeting with everyone individually and. Uh, the, the Google form we're sharing is goals and habits, right? But you got to make sure your goals you have for yourself, your habits are a reflection of that. Your daily routines and your processes are a mirror for your goals. And, and um, our summer reading is a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear that really kind of talks about this. And, you know, I think we talked about it at your time. Like if you're getting 1% better every day, and if you get 1% better in any discipline of your life over 365 days, like, Right, I'm horrible at math, but you're, you're going <laughs> so <get> to <laughs> you're gonna get a lot better. So I think really having goals, but focus on your habits and your routines and your daily processes to meet those goals. And if you, you know, you'll come to a point where what you're doing daily might exceed what your goal is. Then you got to reevaluate that goal and, and level it up or sadly, maybe bring it down. But I think making it incremental and, and focus on... It also brings you back, like I think again, to the mental side, just focus on the process, focus on your habits, your routines, your systems, and those end goals will then just naturally, they should just naturally happen. Yeah, that's good. Do you, um, do you guys, cause you were talking about strength training and stuff like that, do you guys still um, follow like Volt and things like that? And do you suggest that every like college athlete, like I don't know what, obviously everyone's program is different, but I know that for sometimes for me, for distance swimmer, you had me doing more in the gym or more in the pool just because I was better when I would tire myself out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, you had us like strength training before meets and stuff like that. What, what do you like suggest for those people that need to go a little bit more? Like, 
do you think like weight training is really good for swimming or like because sometimes you get a little bulky not bulky from training but I know a lot of guys were trying to like bulk up but they were like no you kind of have to be a little bit leaner for your events like Montanez remember that yes yes <laughs> like this, <laughs> we had this dude Christian we'd uh played baseball yeah and like swam. he was like he was like big daddy over here like that is like what he liked to be called like um he did baseball swam but he would love to like bulk up and lift like the heaviest weights ever um but you're like dude no not for swimming <laughs> just got to he couldn't he lost his uh flexibility so I, i'm a big believer too with definitely strength training it's to me the number one thing with strength training it's injury prevention you know and especially a sport like ours our our shoulders weren't made to do what we do. Like we weren't made as humans to be in the water. So strength training really helps mitigate injuries. Um, but back to that individual, like we try and have a framework so each individual can get what they need. But I, yeah, I'm a big believer in strength training. Um, but I, I think we use, we use Volt, but we also have to deviate it from times based on individuals. Luckily we were able to have somebody like in the weight room they don't even have a swimming background this year, but they just they were able to focus on technique. I'd say that's the other big thing, though, is like if you don't have experience in the weight room, get with somebody who can yeah. make sure your form is good. Um, I mean, that is you need a solid foundation of technique before you start throwing weight around. Yes, yes, I remember you like seeing some swimmers when I was on the team, and I'd be like, "Hey, like let me help you real quick," <laughs> and I'm like, "Also, I was offered the job, what like." a year ago or so of being the strength trainer for Roger Williams swim. But the one thing was I wasn't allowed to hang out with all of my friends here outside of um, swim practice and stuff like that. And I was like, um, no, I think that would ruin my mental health more. <laughs> like I can't do that over a job. I couldn't lose friends over a job. Yes. I'd see them like almost every day strength training, but like we couldn't gossip. <laughs> I couldn't know what the what was going on in the team because I'd be a coach. Um, so here, last little thing is please tell everyone on here what it was like to coach me, how I was on this team for four years, what, what was the vibe? Uh, <laughs> Spill the tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's actually like a good personification or of why I do what I do. Like seeing your growth throughout your four years was, was awesome. Again, I, I say like that is... You know, everybody I, I talk to or push, like you have to have your why and, and seeing your growth, you know, seeing the senior class, like Ryan Duria, who's out there right now, like, you know, yeah. as they progress, like that, that's my why. But coaching you, I mean, I think you were highly competitive um, early on. Yes. But I think, <laughs> you know, the, the fears and anxiety would get control of you or a lot of the uncontrollables, but I think once you learn to master that, and I think when you really came into your own, and, and those of you probably don't know this, but Allegra was a captain during an extraordinary time for our team, like peak COVID, uh, fall semester, we're just like training in these little pods, uh, then COVID, run, <laughs> COVID the runs rapid, you know, and it was bad. Uh, it was really challenging physically, mentally, and, and you know, we were a team that thrived on being around each other and being together. And then we just came off of winning our conference, both men and women together. Like, and that yeah. was a goal that hadn't been things since dying sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like three quarters of the team was boot, but they, again, everyone was united. But then I think I really feel like our success of our program was due to 
that leadership you all had spring semester of COVID. Like, so yeah. spring semester, your senior year, yeah. we had a waiting list for a 5.30 a.m. practice, like, because we were limited to how many people we could have. But the energy, and it was the Monday after what should have been our conference championship, was awesome. I mean, it gave me goosebumps. Still one of my favorite coaching moments, like, the, the energy and the vibe you guys all brought, like, it's not about winning conference championships. It's not about going best times. I mean, those are nice, but it's more about that that atmosphere and, and yeah. doing it collectively. Um, but I can tell you all, you know, Allegra's growth, again, it wasn't all roses and rainbows, but... <laughs> the ups she, and downs, us fighting sometimes, you know. <laughs> she's super coachable um, in terms of, we'll take what you give her, reflect on it, um, I'll do it give I you some think. feedback back and... <laughs> You know, I, I, that kind of goes back into, you know, those of you looking to swim in college, just be coachable. Don't be afraid to fail. And I, I think there was times where Lego did a really good job of that too. Like, had she mentioned, was a junior year, like sick as a dog. <laughs> but <laughs> but I didn't, yes, I was literally had 100, 101 fever on Champs Weekend. And it was like the Thursday night and I was in the eight free relay. And I know that... Um, I'm not going to expose names, but there was another girl on the relay that was also sick, um, that had a fever, and she backed out of the relay. And I was like, well, I'm not freaking backing out of this relay. Like, I don't care how sick I am. Like, I'm doing this. Like, this is what I'm here to do. Um, and I love doing it, so I'm going to go out there and race. And I remember the next morning crying to you because I had to go swim the 500, and the fever was still there, and I was like dying um and I get into this 500 and I was like I just have to swim it and I made B final and I hated that but I was like all right now I just have to win B final (laughs) but I just kept like I had to make these little goals for myself even though I was like dying inside because I was like this is where I've been training for this champs for so long I'm not backing out I I need to be in it and that's like a good mindset to have is like just just don't back down when things are getting hard you just got to keep riding it out and going through it and standing above it and you come out stronger on the other side you know mentally physically all all of those (laughs) yeah it's you know a mantra we're going to kind of use this year and and allegra is a great point to that is like handle hard better right like a lot of times in life we're like oh if i get through this this class it'll be easier if i get through this with me everything else is going to be easier well no there's always going to be things in life that are going to be hard right and the more it's not that like things get easier for people is it's that people learn to handle hard better and that is not for me i t- that was a video from the duke women's basketball coach carol lawson <laughs> it is epic it's two thir- two minutes and 30 seconds but like yeah it, you know living life that way like no all right this is hard but i'm gonna i'm gonna learn from this and i'm gonna learn how to handle it better you know and then next thing you know it is easy and then yeah. you're handling that next hard thing yeah you know and especially like coming from those like last that junior champs and I was sick and didn't like wasn't the best way to end a season and then going into senior year and we had COVID so then we were all like okay well this is our senior year and we don't have champs we don't have meets and we're captains and we were so sad and so upset and learning all this stuff with the team at the same time but like had to stand above and had to be like okay like everyone it's okay like it's we're all gonna live through it like it's fine but like inside we're crying and wanting to like throw everything away because this is how we're ending our swim career like this is how we're ending college um but yeah we we worked through it and power through things 
get through everything and you're fine, you know? It's all, it all works out. It all works out and we're still here, <laughs> you know? Everything works out just the way it's supposed to. For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Any other like juicy stories you have? <laughs> About you? No, just anything. <laughs> Being a coach, anything. I'm gonna put me like completely on a yeah on I know. A spot. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean I again I, as you might have caught and and I think Allegra is alluding to is like every opportunity in life is an opportunity to learn, right? And and I'm a big believer now too. It's like uh, we're both from Philly, right? Yeah. All right. So Eagles losing the Super Bowl this year was was devastating, but they were supposed to win. But they were that's what well that's what everyone was saying. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they should. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts, quarterback, afterwards, like had the most awesome post interview. And it's like you either win or you learn, you know. Yeah. And that that really resonated with me. It's like, you know, I think we learn more and grow more from the tough times. So I I think if you can go in with a mindset of embracing those and and learning and growing, right? Um, there's going to be situations in life where you're you're wound up, you're nervous, you're anxious. Try and reframe your mind. You're not going to eliminate or mitigate the anxiety completely, but you can change your mind to like, I'm I'm going to get better out of this situation, no matter how hard it is. You know, so I mean that's something I'm trying to do myself, and um, you know, embracing those tough situations. Yeah, like I know, like every hard situation I went through, every stupid situation I went through, I just know I'm like, okay, well, I went through that. And I'm still here, and it made me the person that I am today. If something didn't, if that thing didn't fail, then what would I be doing right now? Not talking to all my friends here on my podcast, like you know, like for sure. Because I failed that like year and a half ago. Not that I failed, but when I had to pick up and leave my life here, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. It's mm-hmm. all just that. If these things didn't happen, where where would you be? <laughs> yeah, complacent. Yeah, so so clearly, you guys, this is um, my this is my coach, and he um, made us go through a lot of uh, like therapy talks and sw- hard swim practices and just like everything. And he's definitely influenced me to be the person that I am today. Made me where I am today. If I didn't go through college swimming and shit like that, I don't know what the vibe would be. But. Um, and so it was a fun it was a fun time being coached under him and um yeah so if you are looking into college sports I say go for it if you're in the middle of a hard college season or I guess we're ending school right now but you know what I mean like if you're struggling with college athletics and shit like that like talk to your coach maybe listen if you're listening to this and you're like oh these are good suggestions like doing mindfulness, meditation, talking to the team more, like go and try to like talk to your coach and implement that on your own team. Um, Because anywhere there is for improvement and, you know, people come up with different ideas and go reach out. Um, As always just like have a conversation. I know with everyone, people don't want to have conversations like we talked about, um, but just talk about it and it'll get somewhere. You can't just have this built up anger in you if that's what you are, if you're angry at your coach, angry at the sport. It's not going to get you anywhere if you're just keeping it inside. So go talk it out um, and go, I don't know, run around on your field or swim in the pool and <laughs> take away those feelings um, because that's what we do, you know. We just we like to lift. That's our, like, getaway. We lift, we swim, we run around, everything. Um, 
helps us mentally. So yeah, any last ending words, Matt Emmert? No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Thanks for listening. If anybody's interested in uh, Roger Williams or anything we talked about, I mean, feel free to reach out. Yeah, they always yeah, hit you know. me up. If you if you want to swim in college and want to go to Rhode Island, um, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll chat. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'll hit you next week with a new episode topic and everything. And, yeah, we have some fun things coming up. You guys know that. And still, if you have if you have any ideas, I really love the people sending me um, Pinterest boards and everything um, of podcast studio ideas. Please send them my way because <laughs> we're still designing and I want you guys a part of it. So, yeah, all right. Have a fun week, fun day. Peace out.